Today's episode is episode 178 of Unconventional Humans Podcast. Today's episode is called Don't Try. Today I'm going to speak about those two words, don't try. I came across Charles Bukowski a few weeks back. He's a German poet and novelist. I think he primarily lived his life in America. He worked a lot of blue collar jobs and he published books. Writing seemed to have been the thing he was doing on the side quite a lot during his life. That's not actually that uncommon, I think, because Stephen Pressfield was quite similar too. He spent a lot of time doing blue collar jobs and writing on the side. And those two words, don't try. They stood out to me from watching some of Charles, some of the videos, well, actually some interviews by him and then some other videos on YouTube just about Charles Bukowski. I think it's written on his grave, don't try something along those lines. And it got me thinking about this paradox that if you try too hard, and if you try to become somebody or not, it's counterproductive to what the creative process is about. So if, you, if you're a writer or if you're somebody just generally wants to be creative, express yourself through maybe YouTube or through art, what you'll find if you stick at it long enough is you'll get tired of trying to be somebody you're not. And you start to discover that the process is more about being comfortable with who you are, discovering who you are and expressing that through your work, that self-expression part. So I'm just going to talk about don't try. I suppose the messaging, the messaging you pick up when you're younger, it depends on the individual where you're coming from, I guess. But as well, if you look at school, you look at we all in Ireland, we wore uniforms going to school. On one hand, that's good because I guess from a parent's point of view or even from the child's point of view, there's no unnecessary thinking that goes into what, their child wears every day. But then on the other hand, you're sending the message that everybody is to be uniform, similar, the same. And it can get you into the habit of trying to be somebody you're not. That's the flip side, the double edge of that sword. I think there's an element in it when you're growing up of you try to emulate other people to fit in to feel like you belong. And there's a naivety, I guess, to a child doing that. You might necessarily know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, what you're doing here. I've noticed that now as an adult, the struggle for me is, is on almost a visceral level, I find myself wanting to act and speak in ways that don't feel natural to me anymore. And when I really take a step back and look at it, I'm wondering why is that impulse there to, to speak or act in a way that doesn't feel natural to me? And I often feel like it strays back to as a child growing up that you, that I acted and spoke in ways that I considered would be more acceptable to the people around me. So, as an adult now, what I'm discovering, 
like it's true facing your fears doing saying the things that you feel will be laughed at or even doing the things that you feel will be laughed at I think as an adult, you've got a perspective that there's many different types of people in the world that there's no right answer that you don't have as a child. As a child growing up in the world, you feel like the people in your immediate surroundings, you have to fit in with them if you don't want to feel isolated and ridiculed. I think there's a lot of that going on in the people around you too. It's not like there's some sort of uh, conspiracy against you or anything or that that you, you have to blend into to how other people are. I think it's individuals who are looking at a group who are just trying to do their best to fit into the group even though it might naturally serve many people in the group it might naturally be in the individual's best interest but you don't have those types of thought processes or perspectives as a child so what i found as an adult now it's quite challenging on a visceral level there's still those automatic habits and behaviors within me i feel sometimes that i think i'm it depends on the area it's in but i've definitely broken those habits quite a bit. I suppose a simple one here for me would be wearing a t-shirt for my podcast. If somebody pointed it out to me, then what's that t-shirt about? And I I said it was my podcast. In the past, I I suppose I wouldn't wear the t-shirt to begin with. I wouldn't have the idea of wearing the t-shirt because it's too vulnerable for me to do that. Somebody to bring that up. And if somebody did bring it up, I find myself going into the pattern of, of I, I feel a lot of anxiety and I try and maybe change the topic of conversation or, or just, or otherwise I think what I would do would be to fob it off to say, oh, it's a, it's a silly thing. Something along those lines, I wouldn't be able to just go, yeah, it's my podcast, it's something that I'm doing, something that I enjoy doing, gives me a lot of meaning. I wouldn't say things like that because I'd fear the potential rejection of the other person and that's tricky when you're in that pattern because you are actually looking for that validation from that person so you need to get to a space where you're not looking for validation from people like the external validation is a bonus so i'm not saying that don't ever seek any sort of external validation because external validation is nice it's nice to get some sort of appreciation from other people from the things you're doing that it's appreciated or that they see that there's value in what you're doing. There's, that's a definitely a great feeling to have. But at the same time, when you're in those situations, you want to be in a space where you're not seeking, you've got the perspective that your worth as a human being isn't dependent on how other people are receiving what you're doing. As long as you're growing from what you're doing, as long as you feel like it's aligned to you, as long as you feel like you're, you're getting to the space now where you're not trying to be somebody you're not, you're more focused on using the creative process as a vehicle to understand who you actually are, moving beyond that conditioning, automatic ways of acting and behaving when you're younger. And so I think, I think that's what the Charles Bukowski don't try thing is getting at. I think it's about, because when I would have read that, before without any experience of what I've done over the last few years, I would have been thinking that maybe this guy is, is, is quite nihilistic in his approach. Maybe he's saying, don't try, it's pointless, life is too difficult, it's chaotic, just don't try. But when I look at his life and I see that this guy published books, he published poetry, he's quite well known today. And 
there was obviously a level of persistence for him to do that. I think he actually gave up writing for 10 years and he was in, he was hospitalized for like nine days, something quite serious anyway. And he went back to writing after that. I think he took it as a sign to go back to writing again and, and he didn't stop then after that. So for me, that guy can't be saying, don't try, life is too difficult, just don't even try. There has to be a nuance to that. And the nuance that I see in that is that he's saying, don't try to be somebody you're not. Because I feel like even if he stopped writing for 10 years, that wasn't him. He was a writer. So he was like deep within him, there'd be something lacking. Whereas in the conventional sense, don't try. So in the conventional sense, the don't try would be the normal thing to do there. Don't try and become a writer. It's not paying your bills. It's not adding anything that we can see on the surface to your life. Just don't try doing that. Whereas I feel what Charles is saying there is don't try and be somebody you're not. Don't, when you're at that crossroads in your life, when you've got pain in your life because you're not being authentic to yourself, to who you actually are. What he's saying there, I feel, is don't try and be like everybody else. Be yourself. That's the goal here. Then stylistically, as a writer, don't try. This is also something that I'm starting to see there's benefits to, to not trying. I think when I started writing first, what I'm talking about, I suppose, is after university, when I went to France that first time, that was my first time of experiencing writing as a vehicle to channel feelings and emotions and to gain insights about life that I didn't know I had within me. But at the same time, I spent a lot of years still with that academic mindset of trying to write in a way that wasn't authentic to my own voice wasn't authentic to how I see the world. It was more about writing words that I thought might be received well by other people in the sense that it would make me sound intellectual. Because I think that's how I learned, that's what I learned to associate with writing in university. So I didn't do like an, uh, an English degree or anything like that. I did French and business. So I didn't go down, I guess, the, maybe the literature route. So I can't speak from that point of view. But from my own point of view, from doing a Bachelor of Arts in Business and French and then doing a Master's in Translation, translation is in linguistics, so there is some bit of uh, experience there that's relevant. But the simple message that I picked up from that whole experience was that writing, good writing, was about using fancy words, using complex arguments that that in my mind is what I associated with writing. Somebody who's a good writer or somebody who could articulate something in a complex way and somebody who used fancy words. So they'd use a lot of synonyms in their writing. So I still had in parallel that academic, that more academic mindset in hand in hand with that self-discovery. As I've moved along, I've started to realize that because writing isn't uh, my primary career, it's, it's something I use as self-discovery. 
I've seen that writing for me today is about expressing myself, expressing how I see the world, uncovering insights that I mightn't be able to uncover within me if I didn't spend the time writing. Because writing is a great vehicle for articulating yourself, understanding how you feel and think about things. And that's how you tap more into how you actually see the world. What's your perception of life? Because without writing for me, I'm more susceptible to seeing the world from the, I guess, the outside in rather than the inside out, in the sense that if I'm not spending my time uh, doing some bit of introspection, writing, then I'm more susceptible to picking up messaging from the outside world in the form of media, news, other people's opinions, other people's conversations. I'm more susceptible to picking up that and it being internalized in my own perception of life. So I start to see the world as other people see it more than as I actually see and feel it. So that's why writing is great because what I've started to realize is that it's not about trying to be an intellectual trying to come across as some academic person who can use great words, great grammar, great language. It's more about the self-discovery process and expressing how you see the world. So there's a level of not trying there that is freeing. So I realize that the more that I can feel into what I'm feeling, the more that I just spend time articulating how I think and feel, so that's what the writing process is about. And there's this whole level of not trying that is taken off the table when it comes to using words that, that aren't really my words and coming up with fancy grammar that isn't needed. I actually find that stuff distracts from connecting with the, the reader who's meant to read your work. My goal is simplicity. So use simple words, but also express how I actually see things in that moment. So I read my first book now and there's there's elements in that book now that I, re I realized that that's the journey that I went on. Uh, I don't see the world exactly like that anymore, but that's how I saw the world. That's what got me from there to here. I had to see those things to get to here. Now in this book that I'm writing, The Edge, it's a different type of book. So I would say the first book, Taking My Life Back, probably possibly more centered around this idea of mental health and what I went through dealing with psychosis. So in that book, it was about me coming to terms with what I went through because I'd suppressed that for a long time. I couldn't, I didn't have the understanding or knowledge to really try and make sense of that experience for me. So I went through a lot of chaos where I had to go from living my life in a way where it was outside in to coming from inside out. So I had to really get to what was this experience for me. And that book talked about how I navigated that. And it was true, understanding my relationship with words, understanding fundamentally that I was looking at the world from the in, outside in rather than the inside out. And it was about challenging just the ideas that are in the culture about most people being normal, a few people being crazy, and even challenging these labels of psychosis and psychotic episode and antipsychotics, all these emotionally charged words. I wanted to bring light the 
the power these words can have over people and their self-image and how it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that book really delved into mental health and how if you take the focus from the outside to the inside, you just don't know what's going to happen that you can turn something that society will judge and deem as that severely damaging and something that will define you for the rest of your life to something that can actually be empowering. So this book, then this book, the edge is more about the creative process. So I look back in my experiences, the experience with psychosis 10 years ago. And I see that now because of the 10 years experience down the line, it was more of a waking up process to me. It was a wake up call for me. It was, I was wandering off the path of being a writer and that event came and it helped me to realize that I wanted to write and it was through writing self-discovery that I would get myself out of that and write the books and start doing the things I'm doing today that I was deadly afraid of doing in the past. So I had to go through experiences where I started facing my fears. I started understanding the world more from the inside out rather than primarily from the outside in. So this book, The Edge, is more about waking up through your creativity. It's a waking up process. And so this all comes from not trying. What I've, what it's stuck to draw out of writing for me has been those periods of time where I've, I felt like I focused more on sounding smart or trying to get across good grammar, good words. So it's not to say that I don't do that still today, but I, I'll use the words that feel right for me. I don't use words for the sake of using words. I'll use the words that feel right for me. So there's more of a flow to it. And And there's more fun to it. I think with the trying for it to be great writing, I think again, your focus is a lot on, on how it's being received by other people. And that places a lot of your self-worth and validation on how it's being received by other people. Whereas when you approach writing as a self-discovery process, I think it operates differently because you're curious about how you see life. You can see the benefits to really focusing in on how you think and feel and articulating that. So it's a bonus then if that's actually impacting other people. And there's a good chance it will because there's a lot of similarities between human beings. There's a lot of similar experiences we have. And I feel like art is all about shining a light on these experiences that we have in our day-to-day lives that we don't have language to talk about. And I think that's what the artistic process is about so that we feel less alone and we can actually work through stuff that we feel otherwise we wouldn't be able to work through because it's so unconscious and so so difficult to deal with but they're the main things i wanted to cover today now and don't try i found that by not trying by not trying to please other people but not trying to be somebody you're not it takes a weight it takes a burden off your shoulders and you get a sense of aliveness that you didn't know you were missing in your life and you start doing things that actually feel meaningful. Even for me with my podcast, with creating some of the shorts I'm creating, jumpers I'm creating, sometimes now I'll gift them to people who are interested, who like my, my, my shorts, friends or family who, who like the, the artwork from the podcast, I could give them a gift of it. And that has a lot of meaning for me because it's something that I've worked hard on and Davey's worked hard on over the last few years to dig deep and to, to share our knowledge and to share our thoughts or experiences so that means a lot for me when somebody actually looks at that and, and uh, likes to look at the t-shirts or likes to look at the podcast. So 
that's the I didn't have to try to do that. What I had to do, though, was to start facing my fears, start being more vulnerable, start being more honest with myself and other people. So that's actually been the process. And that feels like a weight being lifted off your shoulders, but it's also, uh, I've also found it very vulnerable and frightening at the same time. So that's um, the double-edged sword in that one. But that's it for today. I'll leave it there. Don't try. So don't try to be somebody you're not. That's the message of today's podcast. So yeah, as always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening to it too. If you're on YouTube, then subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, like the video, engage with us. And if you'd like to support the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. Head on over to unconventionalhumans.com and you can buy me a coffee or you can be a patron of the podcast by becoming a member. So that's it. Thanks again for listening and I'll speak to you on the next episode.